0: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, where we talk about all the games Blizzard Entertainment puts out for us each and every week. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Rossi. Uh, with me this week are two excellent co-hosts, uh, Alex Zibart and Ann Stickney. Alex, how are you doing this week? I'm good. Does Blizzard put out games every week? No, we talk about them every week. Oh, okay. It's the thing about English. Their
2: modifier can be in either part of the sentence.
1: They put out a new
3: Tavern Brawl every week. Uh,
2: That's true. It's not always new, but I'll let you have it anyway.
1: Also, since Alex derailed us quite hard there, we'll move on to Ann now. (laughs) How are you, Ann? How are you doing?
3: Hi, I'm fine. I'm good. My birthday's this week.
1: Ooh, happy birthday. Happy birthday.
3: I I forgot about it and then I was reminded about it and now it's been on my mind. So there we go.
1: Alrighty. Um well, I'm gonna just say it. I don't think much really happened this week. Not like, so much. I mean, Legacy of the void um opening cinematic came out and either you think it was cheesy or you think it was cool, or you think it was cool even though it was cheesy. Uh, I had a good time watching it. I think it was cool. It made me want to actually play StarCraft for the first time in my life. Like, I, I read about StarCraft. I read the books. Well, not all of them, but a couple of them. I read the wikis and, like, watched other people play. But I've never been interested in playing until right now. Like I, think I am actually interested in playing for a
2: while. The cinematic just wasn't what I expected. Isn't that silly? Because I should have expected that. Because that's also how previous cinematics for StarCraft 2 have been.
3: I it thought that like there'd Starcraft be some kind is... of story involved with it and there was not.
2: Right. It's more it seems more gameplay slash esports fan service than here's a narrative cinematic.
1: It felt to me more like just trying to get you interested in what's going on rather than actually telling you what's going on. But
2: like the tactics you know. used by the Protoss in that cinematic are actual things that people do playing the RTS. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Which... Yeah, as opposed to it being this big story, epic thing. It's a here is some dude. There's probably somebody controlling these guys playing StarCraft. And you've totally done these things, and that's awesome, right?
1: Well, I don't know if you would have totally done these things unless you were playing the original StarCraft. It's been a long time, but uh, well, I mean, yeah, you can so... play.
2: You could play Protoss. Anyways, I mean, it's not Protoss has not been in the game until now.
1: But at any rate, that's basically it for right now. They had a they had a, a big the American in, uh, the American Invitational, I want to say, uh, PvP event this weekend. But that's the American
3: Regionals. Yes, you know,
1: the American Regionals. So that's going on. But you know, if you, to be honest, I didn't watch it because I was doing other stuff tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow I was doing other stuff. Doing other stuff tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Don't think about it too much. Did I even well, mention I was a
3: time traveler? Apparently. <laughs> but yeah, the, the regionals, they, they had the regionals this weekend, the America's regionals, grand prize winners. There was um, the grand prize was Juvenile. second place was Tempo Storm, and third place was FollowEsports.com. And all three of them will be appearing at BlizzCon this year. Let's go ahead and be there. So that's interesting.
1: So basically we're going to move on to emails because we do do emails on this show. Uh, If you'd like to send us an email, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and we talk about pretty much anything. This week I think we've got a reasonable grab bag of stuff. Uh, It doesn't have to be about lore. It doesn't have to be about uh, any specific Blizzard game. We'll try and answer anything we get. So please do send us those emails because without them it's just the three of us talking about coffee creamer for another hour. Um, Although... Trust I, me. I do enjoy these, coffee creamer. These guys can cover it. These guys, <laughs> uh, they, they will let you know. But uh, first email is from Shad, Belf Paladin, Hygel US. I'm a Patreon member. I think I'm one of the founders for Blizzard Watch. I don't know how that's determined. Thank you. Uh, you, you all are the first crowdfunding project I participated in, but I've been so proud with the results that I've supported to others. Aww. So congrats to you all for inspiring me and congrats for the excellent product you've created. <laughs> Have you all considered doing any special podcasts outside of what you already oh, do?
2: Oh,
1: uh, For instance, a podcast devoted to the things you you writers would like to see And WoW? I've liked a number of the ideas you've tossed out while answering questions, so a podcast devoted to expounding on those would be ama- appealing. Finally, what do you think the Diablo-style transmog will look like? Account-wide? Items from raids slash dungeons only? What's your hope for what it will look like? Uh, Shad, Belf, Pratt, Paladin, Hyjal US. Um... I we kind of do already do two podcasts plus you guys do a behind the scenes one for the blizzard blizzard watch editorial, right?
2: Yeah. Um uh Patreon members specifically get the behind the scenes podcast. Yeah. And this person is one, so they would get that. Um one of the limitations of podcasts is just how much time do we have? Yeah. Like, it, if one podcast takes, you know, an hour and if we have two of them that's 2 hours every week, you know, the more we add, we don't necessarily have that much free time to just talk.
1: Plus, it isn't it isn't just a matter of like the time, because it's each individual person on the podcast has to carve out that time.
2: Yeah. And it's like right
1: scheduled. now, right now, there's three of us that are here just doing this one podcast. Then you add in the lore watch podcast, and that's every two weeks, three different three people, two of us the same. But, you know, uh, then have to get another hour free in a different period of time. And it, it, it does add up real
2: fast. I do a lot and- of shows. We have the live stream, which is two hours in the afternoon for five people on Thursday.
1: Yeah, so you're starting to hit the point where it's like, um, what, what, what am I doing with my life besides talking about World of Warcraft and or playing World of Warcraft and or writing about World of Warcraft? I do actually have to do things like eat and sleep and see
2: my wife. I have to admit, I'm surprised how insatiable people are for our podcasts. I didn't think podcasts were, I mean, okay, somebody has one podcast, maybe I'll listen to it. That's one podcast. People want us to talk all day, every day. I don't understand how they <laughs> listen to this stuff that long.
3: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> really long commutes.
1: Yeah, I, I'm thinking that's basically you guys must live really far away from where you work or something. But yeah, for the second question, though, I think we can really go on and on about Transmod quite a bit. For, for What I would like to see is I would like it to be account-wide. Uh, I would like it to be any item I've ever collected. I don't know that I'll get that, but I want that.
3: I think um, I think I heard somewhere that it was going to be account wide, but I could be really, wrong. We,
1: we we heard that last week when we were talking about the
3: yeah the uh, information from Dragon Con. There was yeah, some I was going to say, didn't they say it was going to be account wide?
1: Well, Elvine said that they had said so, but um, the other WoW events, the MMOC events, had said that they you know it was. He said maybe.
3: Oh, okay. So, yeah.
1: But if it's account wide, yeah, that's I would want it to be account wide because, like using the example I used the other day, I have Death Knights, Paladins, and Warriors, um, and I'd love it if my Paladins and Death Knights could use all my non-set Warrior gear. You know, I've got a ton of that stuff in the bank. Yeah. Um. So. I would like it. I I would like it to just straight up be as much like the Diablo set as possible, but with the added thing of getting everything because Diablo doesn't get everything no Um, i think alex weren't you complaining about that last week
2: yeah uh i wouldn't call it a complaint so much as i just as somebody who doesn't play diablo a lot i didn't really understand how it worked i don't know if it gets everything it does but
1: i've noticed it gets all my legendaries
2: yeah and sometimes Uh, uh, something will be added when you looted something and something will be added when you level up the artisan and i just i don't know i haven't played diablo enough to know exactly how it works
1: I would like it to basically just be everything I've got in the bank the moment they introduce it. And then everything that drops for me then on. Yeah. And that, that would be fine. So that would be what I would want, but it, might have more and better ideas because if anybody thinks more about transmog than I do, and not many people do, but if anybody does Anne does, so
3: do you I have any ideas? I want them to lift the restrictions while they're at it. I want to be able to transmog gear. That's like white quality. I want to be able to like, the other thing I want to be able to do, and I don't think that they'll ever do this, but they could, theoretically, is if you can wear it, you can transmog it. Which means that if you're playing a cloth wearer, any piece of cloth wear, any piece of cloth gear, fair game. If you can put it on your body, you can transmog it. If you're a leather wearer, anything that's leather or cloth, you can put it on so you can transmog it. So you'd have like, you know, plate wearers, obviously, they can put everything on. (laughs) <laughs> they yeah, i, I, I would just
2: see them allowing
1: that i would just feel bad for cloth wearers because they would get the least amount of looks
3: yeah but at the same time cloth wearers also have like some really attractive gear options out there i'm gonna, I'm gonna say if you did that then you should take away even the restriction of you should be able to, you have to
1: put it on you think at that point, if we're doing it, then it has to be open to everybody. The only like, I don't the only... I don't think it's fair to, to give, you know, cloth wearers only get cloth and but, every, but like plate wearers
3: and get I everything.
2: Think, I think the trade off you'd have to have is if you PvP your translog gets turned off.
3: Yeah, that, that was like the, I mean, the caveat have, to that because it's like You'd you have, have a to... death knight
2: come out of the gate in the arena, except they're wearing
3: they like a robes
2: a and cloth shoulders. They're like, oh that's their healer. Oh, he's hitting me in the face really hard.
3: Oh, he just yeah. summoned an army of dead things. Wait, that's not a healer. Yeah, no. Um there's that I mean, if they're going to separate PVP and PvE in the way that they're saying, well then yeah, you know, turn ooh, off transmog ooh. for the PVP. Oh my god, you what? just gave no, no, not turn off transmog.
1: Have PVP transmog. What oh, where you can wear different like arena sets and things like that? Where yeah, and it's it's a different interface and like when you go into pvp it switches to your pvp transmog
2: oh so not like a like a fashion show dance off that would be <laughs> good too transmog pvp whoever looks best wins <laughs> just
3: yeah. picturing like, the paladins win again dang it west side <laughs> story west side story going on like down in the dalaran sewers they're all just like, when you're a thief you're a thief, thief all thief. the way yeah no folks. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'd like yeah. to see them lift some of those restrictions because, I mean, why not? Why not? You gave us this tool where we can customize things. Why not let us use it? Why not let us utilize it to its full extent?
1: We've talked before about how when Blizzard puts something in, they tend to put it in conservatively and then adjust later. Yeah. And honestly, if nothing else, one restriction they really absolutely need to think seriously about lifting is one-handed weapons. Yeah. one weapons That's have the silliest the, the silliest restrictions. The fact that you can't transmog anything to daggers.
3: Yeah, it makes uh, playing a rogue really boring.
1: <laughs> if you're you know, you're a rogue, let them use let them transmog daggers to axes, maces and fist weapons and swords.
3: If I could transmog fist weapons to my daggers, I would be a happy happy rogue. In in the, in the vein I have of, some of the cool PvP. cool fist weapons.
2: In the vein yeah. of the PvP transmog thing, they should just have costumes like you set up multiple costumes and you can just change which one you're wearing. So it's that like would actually, yeah. on the character screen, just like, Oh, I'm going to put on my uh, raiding outfit. I'm going to put on my fishing outfit. And it's just, you click it and everything changes
3: like team uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: even something as simple as being able to save an entire transmog set in one go. And so you could just go and hit one button and boom, switch to the new set. Cause yeah. right now, if you want to change your set, you have to change every piece individually.
3: Yeah.
2: And that's, you know, that yeah, I think, a lot of people use add-ons to kind of circumvent that a little bit and save sets. Yeah, but you still have to wait for the add-on
1: to go through and do it all. And do it know, one at a time.
3: One. You can only transmog like one one piece at a time.
1: Well, you can wait until you get them all set up and then hit the button for everything. But I think but, even yeah.
2: other, other MMOs that do the costume thing that don't have a transmog system just have it set up or you have tabs on your character screen and you yeah. just, you, you have it all equipped so you yeah. just click one button and it flips everything you have equipped cosmetically
3: yeah yeah
1: i know that dc heroes um dc universe online had a thing where you could just change each each piece individually right there in your character window yeah. You'd have to go to anybody or pay anyone.
3: I'd also like armor dies, but I know that that's not uh, to be a thing that happens anytime soon, if ever. So, you know.
1: Armor dies would be lovely, because, especially because if you've ever... like the, the frustration of taking a warrior to Tempest Keep and seeing them all walking around in Warrior Tier 2, but it's red. Yeah. <laughs> it drives me insane. For why do they get red wrath? Why? Ah... It's bad enough that one guy was dual wielding Thunderfuries, but he's got Red Wrath. Uh,
2: so, yeah. they should probably keep Vanishing Die out of WoW, though.
3: Yeah. Mm.
1: I get you why you're saying that, although I still think it would be kind of cool if I could go around, you know, like a barbarian type thing without like without the top stuff. Because it's, you know, I just one of the want shoulders
3: is- to be optional.
1: Leather. I don't want shoulders to be optional because, for on plate characters, plate gear looks ridiculous without them.
3: <laughs> I, yeah, I can see why strange. you say
1: that as a leather wearer.
3: Well, yeah, and leather wear, I mean, there are some really nice looking leather shoulders out there. That's cool. But sometimes, sometimes I just don't want any. Sometimes I'd rather they weren't there. So it would be cool to kind of have that option, too, to be able to turn that off like you can turn the helmet off.
1: All right. At this point, I'm going to try moving on to the next email, because I feel like if we don't, we'll keep talking about Transmod for the next half hour. Pretty much. This one's from Corholm, I believe. Corholm, Storm Stormscale, not Stonescale. Hail Watchers, I've been recently binging on Legion Intel and have a theory you briefly touched on in a previous episode. If you read over the Legion website, you will find that Anduin is slated to be a key figure in the upcoming expansion, but no mention of Varian Anywhere. I find it particularly odd that there's no mention of Varian, considering all the press conferences he was featured and screenshot in the cinematic. How can v- Varian not be critical to the story if he's fr- if he's in the cinematic? My theory, as if you might agree is that Varian is killed in the cinematic or shocking event that occurs before the expansion is released, and Anduin is now forced to pick up the sword as King of Stormwind in their most desperate hour. Is Anduin ready for this? How do you see a situation like this playing out? Thankfully, the Alliance won't have a Joffrey Baratheon situation on their hands. Cheers, Corholm. Well, I'm already on board saying that I don't want them to do this. Like, I don't want Varian killed.
3: I don't think they're going to
1: do that. If he were to be killed... I think Anduin could probably do it at this point.
3: Anduin is, at this point, he's like... Oh, well, he was like 16 going into Mr. Pandaria. So by now he's like 17, 18. That's about the age Varian was when he was crowned king. So, yeah, and keep like, Varian was actually king, in fact, if not a name, for
1: like a decade before he got crowned. Yeah. Because he had to run away when the city got burned down and there was all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so at this point, Anduin's... I mean, he's he's young, but he's not. I'd be he, more worried about him personality-wise than age-wise.
3: Yeah, it, it's. I mean, he's like I said. Yeah, he's young, but Varian was young too. Like they were always young. It was just kings are crowned when they're you know at the age to do it. He couldn't be he couldn't be crowned when um, Varian was kidnapped because at that point he was still what like a ten-year-old boy or something like that, and he's. Well, not, I think. There was some pressure to push... at that point, you know. There was some pressure to crown him and then
1: just have, uh... oh God, Bolvar, have Bolvar be yeah, regent. Yeah, he was while named... yeah. I,
3: think, I think that, uh, I think that Anduin was crowned, like temporarily, but it was just while Varian was gone and as soon as Varian came back, obviously he was the king again and Anduin was back uh, being Personally, prince.
2: I feel they're just not pushing Anduin in the king direction. I think it's more the... Army of the Light thing, which was Valen had a vision about, and know that. all that. I think so. It's more him being this unifying figure, or just anti-demon bad guy figure, more so than King of Stormwind,
1: or possibly the you know son of the head of the Terrans in Starcraft. Yeah, he looks just like that dude? Yeah. That they <laughs> have the same outfit on, even.
2: Princes Um, in Blizzard games. I mean, Prince Arthas.
1: (laughs) Arthas looked like that when he was that age. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So
1: no, it's just one of those. Is he ready for it? Is one of those situations where that's the point. If they did it, that would be the point. Was would be to show him getting ready for it. At this point, you know, he is. He's certainly less. He's less aggressive and less military than his father, but he's not naive anymore. This is a dude who's been around at this point. He's been all through Pandaria. He got a divine bell dropped on him. Uh, He recovered from that with the help of Velen and a lot of healing. He's been, you know, if you read war crimes, he's a central part of war crimes and he never flinches from, from Garrosh.
3: No, he knows exactly. His conversations with Garrosh were really interesting. Yeah.
1: This is not a guy who is flinching from, you know, seeing the negative side of things. He he certainly doesn't have my you know, me as an Alliance player, I'm much much further along the line of, well, it would make more sense to just kill the horde than than the Anduin is. Anduin would much rather come to some kind of peaceable accord, but he's not naive about it. He's not thinking, well, they'll just love us. You know, he knows that the horde isn't gonna just you know, one day decide, yeah, you're okay. He he gets that you know, people like Garrosh exist. So he could step up and do a reasonably good job. I mean, who knows? You know, there have been... Varian came into the situation basically having no idea how to rule because everybody who was supposed to teach him had died at that point. Yeah. Like, even even Lothar was dead at that point. Varian had nobody. Uh,
3: Terranus like Tural- was kind of like his his father figure a little bit, Terranus was. but And then Terranus was gone, obviously, yeah. during the Third War. So it was... Varian did not have, he didn't have the support structure, really. If nothing else, Anduin can learn from his father's mistakes. Yeah. Uh,
1: the way Varian was kind of nutty, cuckoo, crazy when he came back. And be like, okay, one thing, don't invade cities and threaten to murder everybody if you get don't get what you want. At the head of an SI7 group, check. I know not to do that. Gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah. I guess, you know, Alex, do you have anything further to say?
2: Uh, not really. I just don't. Ex- I just really don't think that's where they're putting Anduin. And uh, given they tend to favor the humans on the Alliance side of things and put the humans in charge of stuff, Varian taking control over, like, the Night Elves, you know, and commanding them over Tyrande already feels kind of weird. And if this 17 year old kid is suddenly the only faction leader for the Alliance and is in command of the 10, 20,000 year old night elves or whatever. That's weird to me.
1: I, wait. I'll tell you right now, if, if we go into a situation in Legion where there is a demonic invasion of Azeroth and Chandra's Feathermoon isn't seen in the game at any point, I'm going to
2: lose my mind. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> like I don't, when you have people like Taronda and Chandra's and even Shadow,
1: Jared Shadow Song, bring Jared right. back,
2: yeah. And bring, the Draenei and even the Dwarves, they're, they're pretty long lived compared to humans, if I recall. If those guys are not involved and it's just Anduin is in charge now, eh, it doesn't feel right. I hope they don't do that.
1: I'm fine with, dwar- with like, dwarves and, and gnomes continuing to be dwarves and gnomes, and their idea for every situation is, let's hide inside of our underground thing.
2: Yeah, they kind of suck. Forget forget image of the dwarves. Forget but those guys.
3: I think out of anybody, though, Anduin would be the one that would be most likely to turn to the Draenei and turn to the night elves and go, okay, so you guys are the experts. What do we do? You know, yeah, but- and actually but- ask them.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely just I, I have the hardest time imagining like when you tell me that demons are invading and like like you know, I look around and I see Jared Shadowsong standing there and my first thought is Jared, you fought you fought Archimond in hand to hand combat. What do you think? How does
2: <laughs> that work? Archimond's big.
1: Yeah. He still did it. I'm not saying he won, but he did fight him. Uh, you know, hand to
3: hand combat? Yeah, he totally did. Go read the book, man. Yep. Arcamond was smaller, smaller than... I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Archimonde's man Bridget. hugged a tree. Like a
1: huge... The biggest tree. He went and hugged it. Well, Archimonde <laughs> did actually sides himself down some to humiliate Jared more. He was toying with him because he was evil. You know how they act. But yeah, Jared went toe-to-toe with Archimonde and came out of it the other side. So... I'm gonna ask that dude what he thinks. Uh I'm you know, Shandra's feather moon, you've got ten thousand years of experience protecting Kalimdor. What do you think we should do? Or no, 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 we'll we'll ask the seventeen year old. Hey, remember when you used to be like ten and I would come by and I'd hand you a lollipop and talk to Bolvar for a few minutes and then leave? Great, you're in charge now. Wonderful. I, I also remember that time in Cataclysm where you followed me around and got me into nothing but trouble.
3: I am pretty uh. sure that if they came to Anwin and they said, What should we do, Anduin? Anduin's response would be Ask Velen. He knows.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, it it, it does seem weird, the idea of... I I, I think Anduin should have a role. I'm totally okay with him having a role. Yeah. But I I would feel weird about... You know, frankly, sometimes I worry that, you know, since Greymane's going to have a role in this, and when Greymane's around, princes tend to A, take off their shirts, and then B, die... I'm a little worried about Anduin, to be completely honest with you. Yeah,
2: and uh, part of my feelings of Anduin is much like orcs being the sole focus of things is bad, orcs and humans being the sole focus of things is bad, and I would really like to see more faction leaders than Verwin. Verwin. Yes, Verwin and Andin. (laughs) Uh, I want to see people other than those guys.
3: They they super Saiyan merged, their hair is one now. And the chin is like three times bigger. Wow! 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 <laughs> All right. Uh, this next email doesn't
1: doesn't have. Oh no, he signed it there. Good afternoon, Blizzard Watch. Uh, this is Clug again. Actually, did I skip something? I did. You did. I did. I'm sorry, Clug. We'll the get, other we'll get one you.
3: doesn't have a name.
1: Yes, that's what happens to me here sometimes. If you don't add a name, it confuses me. Hello, watchers. I've been playing Hearthstone casually since release, and I've had fun with the Druid and have several good decks built, even though I haven't purchased any card packs or expansions. I've been able to remain competitive until recently without having to buy tournament packs. Would I feel any different with any other classes, or am I doomed, pun intended, to always feel more and more left behind?
2: Yes. You will always feel left behind. I have... I've put a fair amount of money into Hearthstone. I've played it a lot enough to get stuff with gold and all this... And I still don't have anywhere near a competitive card collection. Uh, you can do okay with basic cards, but you can do less and less okay as the game progresses and they release more cards. Because naturally, the more recent cards are more powerful, better, and sometimes baseline more powerful. Like, uh, the 5-4 taunt in the base game costs 5 mana. Now there's a 5-4 taunt that costs 4 mana. That's just better. Doesn't that make um, it a 4-4? No, five attack, four health.
3: Oh, okay. Sorry. Five
2: attack, four health taunt. The original, the one in the base game costs five mana to play. Okay. Now there's a five attack, four health taunt that costs four mana to play. Oh. So and there's just power creep, and it just gets worse. And I think Heart, that's something Hearthstone is going to have to eventually address. And Ben Brode actually put out a video recently saying, yes, they're aware of this, this is a problem, and they're going to have to deal with it at some point. But um, if you don't play an ungodly amount to keep gold flowing or you don't spend an ungodly amount of money, it's going to get worse as expansions continue to release. I I mean, that's just the CCG thing. Like, Magic the Gathering had this problem until they structured it where, you know, only certain sets could be used or whatever. Then people new to the game could focus on those sets instead of everything released over the course of 20 years.
1: Yeah, um, basically as Alex pointed out, when you have two cards that are identical and everything except cost, you're always going to use the cheaper one. And the yeah. cheaper one is always going to be better. Yeah. Especially and... in a system like Hearthstone where it's, you know, every every round that goes by you get more mana crystals or mana points to use than being able to drop your your taunt card a, a round earlier is a huge advantage.
2: Yeah. And there's also cases like the Magma Rager was one of the worst cards in the, ga- in the base game. It was, I think, a 5-1 and then the latest expansion added the Ice Ranger, which is five two, I believe. It's it's same mana cost. This the new one is just better. Yeah, hey, that's card games. They kind of always have to ramp up power, so you're always buying new cards. They want those cards to be appealing. You have to spend the money.
1: And with, with Hearthstone, you do have the option of you know just playing and getting gold, but it's not an option that is going to ever be as quick.
2: Yeah. It's no, not it gonna longer. get you to I mean playing with the base cards isn't gonna get you to legend or whatever. It's just yeah. not gonna happen.
1: So all right, that's that email, which is relatively quick to be answered. And thank God Alex jumped in because to be <laughs> honest, I don't play a ton of Hearthstone. Um Good afternoon, Blizzard Watch. This is Clug again, Orc TK Hi, from Organis. Clug. Uh, first off, first off, thanks again for the great advice last week about tanking. I've been raiding with LFR with my orc warrior Clugane, uh, like, Clugane. Yeah, I'm gonna go Clugane. Clugane.
2: Uh, uh, Song of Ice and Fire reference. Yes.
1: Yeah. And my uh, pandaren monk Clug. Um, I, I didn't see the <laughs> I didn't see the IUS and that's why I stopped for a second. <laughs> I thought, <"Clug> <laughs> I'm not saying that word. And so far enjoying them both. My question this week is, do you all think that the Alliance and Horde will ever be at peace with one another in-game, or at least give Horde and Alliance toons a chance to gain reputation with the the opposing factions? Do you see Blizzard at least implementing a kind of mercenary mode for LFG and LFR? I'd love to hear all your thoughts on this. Thanks again, and keep up all the fantastic work. Back in EverQuest, there was a system called Desertion, and you could literally quit the faction you were a part of and go join another faction. I don't ever expect to see that in World of Warcraft. Because Blizzard, Blizzard's big on this idea of, quote-unquote, the fantasy of X. Yes. Whether it's the setting fantasy or the class fantasy or what have you. They have an idea of what the game is supposed to look like and feel like. What what, it, what makes it Warcraft and not just any other MMO. And the Horde Alliance conflict is a huge part of that. And they I. I don't know, I mean, you know, both Alex and Anna have been playing as long as me, or if not longer, and they, they, they know as much as I do, so I'm interested in hearing what they think, but I don't expect to ever see that. What are you talking no.
2: about? Uh, I'm tired of the Horde vs. Alliance thing. I know it's like the most basic part of the game, and it's probably not going anywhere. I'm just tired of seeing it in the narrative. Um, It doesn't feel like... Whenever they have characters focused on this war, it kind of feels like character assassination because it's going to go badly. It can't end. So when you have somebody striving for peace in the narrative, it's like, okay, that character is going to be the dummy this time around because they can never do it. They just will not do it. So that character is wasted now. Uh, In that sense, I I would like the war and the narrative to go away. From gameplay, I think it would be cool if I could play with people in the opposite faction. Blizzard has been against it. Clearly, they like their faction lines. I don't know. I would like to play with other people in the other faction. That's all I have to say.
3: I don't think we're ever going to see it happen. Solely because the game is called World of Warcraft, so that war is always going to be a present thing. Yeah, but we can go to war with anything. I know, right? <laughs> we, think. Go to, we go to
2: war with things but that aren't been, physical objects in real life.
3: Been they've been so stickler about that factional divide that I don't see them ever taking it out of the game because that would fundamentally change the game into something else entirely. So I don't, I don't see them doing that. Um,
1: my belief is that I, I believe Anne is correct, but I'm not arguing against Alex's statement.
3: Yeah, I'm not I'm not yeah. arguing against your statement or anything like that. It's not that I am like a big fan of the whole faction divide or whatever. It's just that's such a fundamental part of the game that I can't really see them choosing to remove it. I mean, honestly, I'd love it if there was mercenary mode for LFG or an LFR. Yeah, it'd be fun.
1: I don't... I don't think mercenary mode was created to address a short term PVP imbalance that I think they're hoping the new PVP system will correct. And I think I would not be surprised if they want to get rid of mercenary mode as soon as they can. Yeah. It doesn't feel to me like something that they want to have around. It feels like something they put in. They
3: needed to to put it in there to deal with the imbalance.
1: Yeah. And does does that mean I don't think it's cool? I think it's very cool. But you know what? They've taken stuff out of the game that was cool. Uh I've been looking at it like in terms of s- secondary stats. I've been re- re-examining re- re-forging for a while now. I'm thinking to myself, you know, when they got rid of hit and expertise, they got rid of the reason to get rid of reforging. Yeah. And it was like they took they they needed to get rid of one of those two items, either either hit and expertise or reforging, but getting rid of both was like too much and it uh, it basically right now there's no real thought to gear. You
3: don't. Are the don't numbers about- bigger? Okay, I'm gonna yeah. slap that on. <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> it went from basically- being this really complex process where you like you needed an outside program to kind of like do all of the math for you and figure out which one was slightly better for da 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 because reasons, balancing caps, etc. And like now that that's gone, I mean. I'm glad I don't have to go do all those calculations anymore because that was kind of a pain in the butt. But a lot of the reason that those calculations were even there was because of the fact that there was a hit and expertise cap that you needed to hit.
1: Yeah, and with those stats gone, you don't really need to worry about it as much. I People don't sit around waiting, hoping to get that absolute perfect piece of gear. People wear the gear they have. Yeah. If it drops, people wear it. So... With mercenary mode, you have another situation where they're coming up with something to address a problem that if they feel they've gotten rid of the problem, they'll get rid of the solution to the problem since so it will no longer serve a purpose.
2: Um, I think the the faction lines have blurred a lot of things to uh, community things like forums and fan sites and social media. Uh, having all of your friends on one faction isn't really an option anymore. I play I play Alliance homes exclusively and I know lots of people on Twitter who play Horde and I would consider them friends but they have friends in Horde and I have friends in Alliance and we can't abandon one group to play with the other people but we want to raid together so but we can't because there's this artificial boundary in the middle Yeah and that's yeah. the kind
1: of thing like honestly I don't think that's modern MMO design really needs to stop putting barriers between people and their
2: friends I'm going to bring it up again. I always do it. Secret World. It has, I think, three factions. There's nothing stopping you from grouping with people in the other factions.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: There's some faction-specific quests that you get storylines or, you know, work for your faction. But if you want to do dungeons with people in the other faction, you totally can. If you just want to screw around and group and chat, you totally can.
3: Secret World was pretty fun.
2: It's a good game. It's I think it's the best MMO that nobody played.
1: <laughs>
2: There's a lot. I mean, just
3: in
1: general, one of the problems World of Warcraft has is when you're he- we're heading towards the 11 year mark, is that it does this, that it creates barriers that aren't necessary, and which don't really serve a purpose anymore. Um, If they ever really did. I mean, the narrative, the biggest problem with having the Horde and Alliance barriers that that we have is that quests have to be duplicated. Yeah. Like when you design, we'll use Brenner as an example. You have to design like a Horde zone and an Alliance zone and they have different quests because they're different, but they have to fill the same role with all the questing. It has to do the same thing. Everyone has to end up in the same place so that they can go to the next zone. It's just, it ends up feeling really artificial and once you have played through it, once you play like you, when you played like when I finally got through Frostwolf, like Frostfire, I remember sitting there thinking to myself, "Well, okay, so despite the fact that all this different stuff happened, we basically ended up with somebody getting killed in the end of both zones so I can go forth to to go, Gorgrond all full of heroic resolve." It's just an artificial barrier that feels very it, it feels stilted in the narrative. I think I do think we could skip having to worry about the Horde Alliance conflict and narrative for a while. You yeah, know, it's you know,
2: kind
3: you know. of stale.
2: I mean, what, what bothers me most with the actual conflict and the narrative is they go, and this expansion, they're at peace. Oh, they're back at each other's throats again. They've formed a truce, but now they're at war. Just pick one. Pick well, really, one. The, the weird part is that you're, at tr- you're in a truce, but...
1: I, every time I go to like you know War Spear slash Storm Shield, they're talking about they're talking about the various truces being violated over this like artifact on this island. It's like I know that's there just to justify like you know the fighting
3: um, because everybody oh, was I, like, why are we why are we fighting over this piece of land when we just came out of an expansion where the whole message was, hey, maybe you guys should chill out and not fight so much. And then what do we do? We go on to Draenor and proceed to start fighting again because I guess lessons aren't meant to be learned. I don't know. Like, just just for once, couldn't
1: we just have the PvP place be a place we go to PvP and have it not really matter to the story in the slightest? Have it like, Like, you
3: know, war games, whatever. Sparring. You know,
1: real-life militaries have war games. Yeah even with each other, even allied groups go out and have war games with each other. There's just, it feels like, you know, I don't know. I, I honestly, the Horde Alliance thing has not brought a lot. You know, every time they try to put the war back in Warcraft, they end up putting like the, uh back in Warcraft. So,
2: yeah. And like I said, there's always that character who is striving for peace. And that's the and character the- I don't like this time because they're not going to get peace.
3: No, it can't it's, happen. it's the, so they're that, just that gonna look person stupid. that person that's always looking for peace or some sort of diplomatic resolution, you know, automatically that they're never going to get what they're after and they're just going to get more annoying about it. And it's
2: just the <laughs> it's, character dead in the water.
3: It's just gotten stale. It's, it's gotten stale. And I don't see them removing it, but I kind of. Yeah, it has gotten stale. Plus, when they do that whole peace thing and I,
1: we should move on to an email, but I'm going to say this much when they do the whole peace thing and then they let the character stop trying for peace Everyone thinks the character's going nuts. Well, yeah. like, now, I'm sorry, Jaina
3: did not go nuts. To um, be fair, the reason that I said that Jaina kind of went a little nuts was because that particular moment with the voice acting, she sounded a little a little over the top. And I think that was just like vocal silence, really. It wasn't like the, I, the I, I
2: blame the directors for that. Yeah, one.
1: yeah. Well, we've, we've had that talk about her sounding like Worm Tongue there. And, you know...
3: It was just, but, it was, it was a little over the top.
1: <laughs> I just honestly though, I, I feel like it is something we could step away from. But mm-hmm. the next email is from Zod, because um, I'm skipping down a couple. Okay. Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Zod, Belf Monk, Wormrest Accord. Quick question. Shout out to I Wyrmrest. hope it takes a while to debate. Yes. Uh, with the upcoming Demon Hunters, what will it be like for those Blood Elves from from a lore standpoint? A lore RP standpoint: To have the last ten years erased, would they still be loyal to the king? How would they likely feel about the direction the region has taken? Silvermoon? Would they be okay with being part of the Horde now? Would they still think the uh, High Elves, like you know, think like that that they are High Elves, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Basically, a lot of time stuff, you know, couple timeline stuff, coupled with the fact that all of these Blood Elves were part of the group that followed the King to Outland. Uh, thanks for the info. Can't get enough of your show, Zode. Um. Quite frankly, I don't think that they would think they were High Elves because they would have been there when he declared that they were Blood Elves.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And also, they would have been there when Kaelthos rebelled. And keep in mind that there were a ton of Blood Elves learning to be demon hunters on top of the terrace outside the Black Temple yep. after Kael yep. turned on Illidan. Yeah. Like, a lot of the lot of the Blood Elves stayed in the Illidari. They were like, apparently, they were like, well... Yeah, we're gonna hitch our ride to this guy.
3: The demon hunting Illidari probably didn't approve so much of what Kael'thas was doing. Wasn't cause... the Illidari
2: Council in Black Temple all Blood Elves?
3: Yep. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Illidan found a, quite a few Blood Elves that thought he was preferable to Kale. Yeah. Um, for one thing, they...
3: kind of went a little cuckoo for cocoa puffs and said, "I think I'm going to go ally with Kil'jaeden because that sounds like a good thing to do."
1: Yeah, and also Illidan... It was revealed in the Warlock quest, the, yeah. the Warlock Green, Fire quest, that Illidan actually had um, more, you know, had a well that he created using the water from the Well of Eternity that could slake the 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 the, the uh, magic addiction that the Blood Elves had.
3: The Witcher so all po- and all that. Yeah,
1: it's possible that you know they stayed loyal to him because he, you know, he, he had, had that both- cure. <laughs> yeah, and they're. So that, there's that. Plus, I mean, they're definitely... They would have kind of known about the Horde thing, too. Because the, the Blood Elves showed up
3: on Outland with the Horde. Like, now, the, 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 the caveat about that, though, is that it kind of depends on when Illidan sent them on this mission to wherever he sent them to in that starting zone experience. But this is all kind of stuff that'll be theoretically explained when we know more about the starting zone and we don't yet we don't know what the actual timeline yeah, story is behind that and we'll probably it, find out at that point there
1: were, yeah there was some there were some hints that it's basically the reason illidan didn't like you know come down and kick your butt immediately when you attacked was that he was very busy sending his people off right when you attacked yeah but that's just stuff they've said. They haven't actually, you know, we haven't seen it yet. We so
3: haven't, yeah, we haven't even seen, like, a beta, a playable beta version of it or anything like that. Once we see that, we'll be able to kind of determine that. But at this point, it's almost too early to ask about that. <laughs> For that matter, I mean, even in the Night Elf ones
1: would have some time displacement because even Night Elf followers of Illadon would be like, wait, what do you mean you attacked Illidan? Why, why'd you do <laughs> wait, that?
3: what? You're the reason he's dead. What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Plus, we don't,
1: I mean, we don't know, too. They come back through and then Maeve throws them in prison or something. Like, we don't even really know how that, what happens with that.
2: Yeah. Um, So. I suspect that what's going to be playable at BlizzCon is that Demon Hunter starting experience. Yep.
3: That
2: makes sense. I mean, that's my expectation. It's always uh, a starter zone.
3: It might I will be the f- stand in line for that one.
2: It might be the first zone of actual uh, new leveling, but it just might be you could play a Demon Hunter and play the intro stuff. Though, that being said, Death Knight starting stuff wasn't done until fairly late in Wrath development, as I recall. So, I don't yeah, know.
3: and they might they might do um, a playthrough of that pre-expansion event, too, because they said that, that was going to be a pretty big deal. Yeah, Yeah, we don't
2: know what they mean by that, though. I mean,
3: their
2: their pre-expansion events have been not so good for so long that I expect a big deal will be like, you can queue for a boss.
3: I liked the Cataclysm one, where everything was on fire. That was interesting.
2: Isn't that the one where you could just queue for a boss?
3: yeah no, but there at were multiple the same bosses yeah there were multiple bosses and then there was also like you know you went through the cities and there was elementals and you had to fight those things down and the front gates were burning and meanwhile the whole thanksgiving thing was going on so you could sit outside <laughs> eat your turkey and watch the world burn literally
2: maybe maybe that great. one was better in orgrimmar because in stormwind it was kind of poopy well, yeah,
3: Orgamar orgrimmar also had like uh
1: it had Rexar just show up and start defending the Horde. Yeah. Like, you remembered That was his job. Yeah. He's like, yeah. wait a minute. I defend the Horde. That's what I do. And the Horde's <laughs> under attack. I, I just it. I'm
2: I remember good. in Stormwind, sometimes elementals would spawn in the Trade District, and they would die instantly, and then it would be over.
1: Well, it depended on what server you were on. On yeah. CC, I'm sure it was pretty terrible, because CC you know, has weird stuff like that.
3: I was still on a server uh, with a fairly low population, so that kind of stuff sort of hung around for a while.
1: It also, to be like, for instance, like Orgamar, like not Orgrimmar, Ironforge had like Magni running around, like hitting stuff with you. Whereas in Stormwind, stuff died so quickly that you couldn't really get to it to see if Varian was there or not.
2: Yeah, just the elementals would spawn and then they would die, and all that would be left was the guy would be like, "Click on me to queue for a boss." What a great event! Awesome. Well, I like, there was
1: one cool thing. There was one cool thing in that event in Stormwind is that you could get to watch the council meet. And discuss, and it was an yeah. actual
2: dis- yeah.
1: discussion of all the Alliance leaders. It wasn't just Varian telling them what to do. And Maggie it was, like, was they- there,
3: and it kind of brought up that whole thing that happened in, in, try- in the yeah. Shattering.
1: Yeah, I'm going to try these magical tablets someone brought me from
3: War. I'm sure nothing will go wrong. Nothing bad because, will happen, possibly.
2: Uh, wasn't that the council meeting where Valen was really pathetic and was like, let's get on the Exodar and run as fast as we possibly can?
1: I don't remember him saying that, but it's possible. <laughs> it was,
2: it was. I'm paraphrasing, maybe exaggerating, but what he said basically boiled down to, let's run. Forget this I, place, let's go.
1: I don't remember if that's actually what he said. I just remember Magni saying crystals, Taronda saying we should just find out whatever's involved with and kill it. Varian's like, uh, that's possibly true. I, I don't want to sound like a lunatic here, but yeah, I guess killing it might help if we knew what to kill. But it was at least it was everybody was there. And I also like the
3: quests it. with the doomsayers where you had to like they were. Wear all, the chalkboard. Yeah, you had to wear the chalkboard and walk around and stuff. That was fun too. I yeah. mean, there was a lot of stuff
1: going into Cataclysm, really. What we're saying is that you know we don't know yet because we haven't seen enough to determine, but they'll at least be aware that some of this stuff happened. If anything, your your blood elf demon hunter is probably much more concerned with the fact that he starts off apparently having been clapped in prison by Maiev, and yeah. probably doesn't. Yeah, that that'll probably be his immediate problem, especially since it seems like they're they're keeping all their demonic stuff in one place, and Gul'dan's running around it, which is never yeah. a good idea. If you have demonic stuff, you don't want Gul'dan near it, like at all. <laughs> Yes,
2: yes, we know how much you love Gul'dan.
1: I think Gul'dan is just the worst thing ever. It's just great. He's should,
3: the he's, worst.
2: You should he's go dying. buy a, a Gul'dan body pillow or something.
3: <laughs> I'll bet you they exist.
2: Oh, God.
1: <laughs> if not, Alex is making one for me. Sure. Check Etsy.
3: Check <laughs> Etsy.
1: Okay, next email is from... Oh, Laguato. Okay, There. Guys, put your names at the bottom. It's really hard for you to <laughs> figure out what your name is when it's in the text. Hey, Say, I don't... Dear you watchers,
3: put the in there, so I approve. Thank you. Dear Watchers,
2: blah, blah, blah. Love yours truly, sincerely, your beloved, your name.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> anyway, hello, Watchers. Lagawato, uh, Um Many things i like your opinions on, but I'll keep this to one. Assuming Dalaran is still functioning in its capacity as one of the best arcane learning centers around, do you think they'll be willing to accept an ogre initiate? <laughs> as, you know, ogres are, re- are really are rarely well treated or thought of as much beyond you know pests, especially by the Alliance, many of whom are still um, smarting from the Second War. Reinforcing that is our expedition to Draenor, where uh, ogres were universally antagonists. We know that they're capable spellcasters, even ogres who have lived in caves and. Mud, far from civilization, still have some rudimentary magic. Is it just that no ogres expect to be taken seriously by society, let alone embrace, in, in, entrance into a prestigious school? Uh, quite frankly, I think it's that ogres don't give two moldy you know, rat poops about any city on Azeroth. And
2: really? they seem incapable of cleaning up their own moldy poops. So if yes. they were welcomed into Dalaran, they would not be welcomed very long.
3: The ogres on Azeroth are interesting because it's like, um, well, I mean, on Draenor, obviously, you see the height of ogre civilization. And somewhere in there, in between that trip to Azeroth and them actually spreading out and populating across to Azeroth, they lost a lot of their smarts. Do they know how to do spellcasting? Yes. Are they particularly eloquent or well-spoken? Not so much. Honestly, I find
1: myself I find myself wondering if the ones that got to go through the dark portal were the dummies like if the the smart ones back on Draenor were like yeah you guys can go we're going to stay here and rule our magical civilization I don't but know. you were you're you're cannon fodder so go ahead and that's why the Azerothian ogres are all kind of like you know going I like mud mud is awesome it keeps flies from biting me and you can't tell that I've pooped all over the place because there's mud everywhere Great. Because that's who got through to go through the dark portal. I mean
3: I'm just wondering yeah. if it's because they're nowhere near any Apexis crystals anymore.
2: That's actually that's
1: actually a good point too. They used to you know, was it the Ogre Law thing? Yeah.
3: Yeah, the Ogre Law thing they were talking I've, about. I've I've kind of
2: wondered about that with Goblins on Azeroth, wasn't it? Kajamite or whatever. It was, was the Kajamite, yeah. And I don't think they have a surplus of that anymore. So they do they still need it or is it just like a rapid evolution thing?
1: It seems like there was an argument, at least in one place, that the reason that their inventions break down and explode so much is that they don't have as much of it as they used to. Yeah. And so, Mm. like, they're still they don't they don't become idiots without it. But the fight the flights of inventive genius come from drinking it and immediately getting inspired. And without the ability to keep drinking it, so you understand the thing you just made, it's like, well, hopefully this won't blow up. <laughs> so maybe the ogres, maybe the ogres are like that with the Pexas where like when they have the the because you when when you're fighting on um, the sorcerer king in in H not HFC um uh, in Highwall, and yeah. he's drawing from those crystals, you know, yeah. clearly they're doing something for him. So it's quite possible that without access to Draenor and its various magical crystals, they get dumber.
2: Well, clearly, the goblins and the ogres need to team up and have a deep-sea expedition to find Kajamite, and they become the new villains. Yeah.
3: Hyper-intelligent
2: ogres and goblins.
1: The problem is that when we have a hyper-intelligent ogre, it turns out to be Cho'Gall.
3: Yeah, and he yeah. was not... Uh, he was he was well-spoken, but the things he said <laughs> were <laughs> kind of out my- there.
1: Possibly my favorite part of Cataclysm is going into his room. Oh, yeah. Words, words, words.
3: The master wants murder. Yeah. Uh, The voice actor. The voice actor is just fantastic for Cho'Gall. I just
1: remember we we were doing heroic Cho'Gall. Yeah. Back, you know, and and we're trying to line up to do it. And I'm trying to tank while I'm giggling my head off (laughs) at all the things Cho'Gall is saying. It's like, man, this guy, I, I, I'm so sad he's dead because he was amusing. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of ogres getting into Dalaran, if one showed up, I guess, the, the problem would be that, like, you know, even when Dalaran is neutral, an ogre showing up is not the kind of thing it's like, you know, hi, I want to study here. 20 minutes of laughter ensues. Yeah. Then they'd be like, you know, are you serious? Yes, Totally. Can you read? Yes, on these really large tablets. I can read rocks real good. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, I don't want to like, sound like I'm putting the ogres down, but I kind of am, so I'll just live with it.
2: Hey, uh, the ones on Azeroth, you go to fight these guys, and there are literally piles of poop laying around. I'm just saying, uh, these guys are not the most civilized ever they don't even dig holes to poop
1: in they just poop yeah and the thing is is that you know we sound like we're, fi- we're fixating in this but if you were playing in vanilla the first time you went into dire mall and that stuff had flies rendered in the game that floated like, around it yeah it's like it, they want you to notice this this is like this was the, it was the most lovingly ra- rendered pile yeah. of these are there's a reason they've had poop quests since because they had that thing ready to go. Yep. And the first time you ever saw it was when you were in Feralis fighting ogres and it was just everywhere. It was (laughs) like, my God, do you people? There,
2: there, I also distinctly remember a lot of poops around the ogres in Alterac. Yeah. Like not Alterac Valley, the battleground, but the questing area in game.
1: No, the ones, yeah. The ones that had taken over the the ruins of Alterac. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Poop everywhere. The ones outside Nigel's Point.
2: And the, the ones, ones at that... Alterac. I mean, yeah. it's snow, so it's brown piles on top of this pristine white snow. So you notice them. Yeah. They're there.
1: <laughs> Heck, even, even when you went up to Karazhan, on your way to Karazhan, back, back, before, uh, back just before BC came out, um, you would go to Karazhan, and on your way you'd farm a Runecloth cloth. Mm-hmm. And then you'd go try and figure out a way to kill those level 70 dudes for the green drops. Yeah, because people would buy them because they were like level sixty eight stuff. Yeah. So yeah, ogres are nasty. <laughs> I I I've actually personally like I really enjoyed the, the Draenor version of ogres, like especially like the ones you get in your Garrison as followers. Yeah. Because they're they're quite well spoken and civilized, and there's you know, they're, they're even funny. One of them is like constantly going, "Send me Praetor, and we I shall con- give me t- give me one legion, and I shall conquer Draenor for you." It's like, dude, I'm not here to conquer Draenor. <laughs> <laughs> not my job. I appreciate the thought, but yeah, you just you just you just keep that in mind. All right, uh last email is from Conf. Uh Hi Conf. So oh, sorry, name just threw me. Conf yeah, C-O-N-F. C-O-N-F. like, F,
3: like short right. short for conference. Yeah. Well, it's just Conf. Uh, what
1: while questing through Old Nagrand after Warlords, I find myself wondering what clan the Maghar orcs represent. Oh. Their heraldry doesn't work doesn't look like any of the clans I know of, and they seem to have orcs from the Warsong and Bleeding Hollow clans living there. So just who are they? Uh, thanks,
3: proud founding patron and conf.
2: They're the leftovers, aren't they?
3: They are basically what Garadar was, was an internment camp for... Well, it wasn't... It was... um. What do you call it? An illness colony? It wasn't It wasn't an internment camp. It was a... a, a, yeah, like a, quarantine. Quarantine. a quarantine? Yes, colony. it was a quarantine area. It was a quarantine colony. There was this disease that had hit the orcs called the red pox, and it was... Highly contagious. So they took all of the orcs that had the red pox and they were sent to Gar Ger- to like get better, recover, and get better. And because they were isolated from the rest of the horde, and they were off by themselves, they never got hit with the fel taint. They never they ne- they were never affected. They never turned green. Um, so they aren't actually any particular clan. It was just at some point after Draenor shattered and became Outland, they decided that they were the Maghar. And Maghar means, I believe, it literally translates to uncorrupted, uncorrupt. So that that was pretty much that was what unified them. And yeah, they they do come from different clans because obviously, you know, you've got people from the Bleeding Hollow there. You've got uh, Garrosh was from there, and Garrosh was very much Warsong. He was the son of the Warsong Chieftain. But it never. they, they There's can- even Frostwolves there. Yeah, they kind of kept their own clan identity a little bit. Like they still call themselves. Yeah, I'm a. I, I was a bleeding hollow orc. But yeah, they're all j- united. There. Yeah, but they're all united under the Maghar banner. So yep. that's what that is.
1: Yeah. So it isn't any clan, or it's all clans, but how hey, you're looking
3: at it. I, I kept wanting to say internment because I kept thinking of the internment camps, like after the second war. I'm like, that is not right. That's not what this was. It was something else. Quarantine zone. Quarantine. Then. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean,
3: quarantine. I'm thinking about, just looking at it right now, you've got Joran Deadeye.
1: Um, he's from the Bleeding Hollow. He's, yeah. He's Kilrott's son. You've got um, Draenosh Sarfang is there. Yeah. And you've got Garrosh. Uh, Garrosh, uh, who's, a, who's a war song. And we know the war song were originally from the area. Yeah. And you've got Grand, Great Mother Gaea is a frost wolf.
3: She was, yeah, she was actually Duraton's mother. And yeah, um, so... the town of Garadar, interestingly enough, the town of Garadar was named after Gaia's husband, Garad. Mm-hmm. He died. So she made yeah, so a base basically... camp to take care yep. of people.
1: It's really weird. The red pox almost feels like it was something that the planet Draenor did to try and save some orcs.
3: Maybe. Maybe it was some kind of like infection thing. I don't know. All I which know is like that the descriptions of it the descriptions of it in Rise of the Horde were really kind of gruesome.
1: Yeah. And there's like I think it's not Rise of the Horde, I forget which book it is, but um I might be you know, Beyond the Dark Portal when um Terran Gorfiend shows up there. Is it Gorfiend or is it uh is it is it Bone Chewer?
3: No. Um are you talking about the, the the guy who went and he saw Garrosh there?
1: Yeah, and Garrosh is like sickly, and he's like, I want to fight. And the guy's like, yeah, you'd be better
3: that off Rise just of dying." H- no, it wasn't. It was It was Beyond the Dark Portal. Oops. You're right. Um, it was uh, – oh, my gosh. Who was it? Was it – It was one I can't of the remember names. It was one of the big names, one of the really big names. It's either Kargath. It was Kargath. Or it's ah, it was Kargath. It was Kargath, okay. yeah. Kargath showed up, and he showed up because he was looking for more warriors. For the horde, so he shows up at this quarantine camp and he's talking to Gaia and he's like, "I need your strongest warriors." And she's sitting there going, Ch- "Dude, have you seen these guys? We don't have any strong warriors. They're all sick." And then Garage kind of shambles on over and he's like, "Have you heard anything from my father?" And Cargath was so disgusted with the way that he looked that he was like, he pretty much he said, "All of you should just roll over and die because you do nothing for the horde anyway." Yeah. and then he rode off he basically had a tantrum and then he rode off and that was yeah that was kind of it was beyond the dark portal i think was it was near the end of that
2: or to the worst
3: cargath of food right, well,
1: <laughs> i'm just i'm amazed that when he kind of like re, when he helped form the iron horde that no point that maybe maybe garash was like let's send cargath to the ogres
3: <laughs> Let's make him go Let's talk just, to
1: those guys. He has to go deal with the ogres, you know, and I, the
3: poop that's I, everywhere,
1: hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> From what I know of ogres, there will be poop. Uh, all right, well, so that's pretty much the show. Um as is always the case, you know, we can't do the show without you guys. So at this point, and do you want to read this cuz I still don't really know how to read it properly?
3: Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast like this one, or the queue, and an ads free site experience.
1: Ha. All right. The thing is, she wrote that out for me this week, guys, and... I couldn't find the email. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I'm sitting there going, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And then finally I found should it. Have so, prepared. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I I'm like yelling at my
3: desktop so I can click it because we we,
2: we've had these conversations about how we want to be very professional and about, you know, this Patreon thing. And then every time it comes up, one of us is like, what? Yeah, what? we all panic. We're doing we th- pan- what <laughs> we just panic. Oh, God.
3: Look, I so, yeah. know the stuff. Just have me read it. So yeah. there you go. that's been the show,
1: though. Thank you very much for listening. Um, remember always, if you want to send an email to the show, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com, and we will be more than happy to read it on the show and answer it. Can't answer every question, but we answer every once we can. Um, thanks very much for listening, and we will see you next time.